Howdy friends, welcome to Experience Design with Tony Dosat. I happen to be Tony Dosat. If this is your first time tuning in or you're back for more, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Now, some housekeeping. This podcast is ad-free and my plans are to keep it that way. However, I do want to tell you about something. Over and over again, I get questions in my DMs like, how do I become a UX designer? Or how do I get hired as a UX designer? Or I don't know why I'm not getting hired, etc., etc., etc. You get the idea. Well, never fear. I am creating a course for all of you UX design hopefuls out there. It hasn't launched yet, obviously. But I am running a special little promotion for all of you listeners. If you head over to HiredUX.com, H-I-R-E-D-U-X.com, and pop in your email address, you will be the first to know about the launch, and you'll get 50% off the entire course price. Now then, with that out of the way, let's just jump into this week's conversation. Okay, my guest today is founder of Showalter Design Company, recently hit 100,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel, and is a self-described full-stack designer. It's a joy to introduce to you today, Mr. Jesse Showalter. Dude, what's up? Thank you so much. Hey, Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. 100,000 subscribers. In 2019, the start of it, you were like hovering around 30-ish? I think so. Yeah. It was somewhere around 30. The first year I started, it took me a whole year to get to 1000. The second year, it took me a whole year to get to around 30. And then the third year I went from 30 to hundred. That's extraordinary growth. And it just goes to show that if you've got the drive and the passion to get the content out consistently, and it's stuff that people really glom onto, you can have that type of growth. The one question that like, I always think, let's clear the air here. Okay. okay. So I always wanted to start like a YouTube channel and I never did and you know, whatever. But you okay. look at people and you go, oh, a hundred thousand subscribers. They got some videos. Like you got some videos that are like 300 and something thousand views, 200 and something, hundred thousand views. And you go, this guy's making bank. He's rolling in dough. He's like the guy that swims in coins. That's not the case with YouTube. <laughs> not at all, man. That's, I am a huge like advocate for cutting that crap out because it's just not true. People live in their best porcelain life now on Instagram and on YouTube and everyone just thinks like numbers and subscribers equal success. They don't. Like they absolutely don't. So I have a I have a hundred thousand subscribers and it's not even a fifteenth or twentieth away from my monthly expenses like to pay my mortgage right. and provide for my family. So it's Anybody who's telling you that is most likely trying to sell you something. Mm. They're most likely trying to say, hey, look, I can get you from this number to this number, and then you can be as rich as me. It's not true. They're just trying to make money off you. That's my opinion. I tell you, I've seen this on Instagram a lot recently where we've got these attention gurus and like, I'll blow up your Instagram following. And that's all fine and good. That is a recipe. You know, it's actually rather easy to do if you know the recipe on Instagram. Right. Now, what you do with it is what matters. If you have 30,000, 40,000 followers on Instagram and you can't convert it, it's meaningless. Right. 
So with YouTube, obviously there might be some ad revenue, but really, hopefully it's more about someone finds you and they go, awesome, I want to work with you. Yeah, that's it's from like the design or business like standpoint. Uh, there's a little bit of ad revenue. There is the occasional donation. There, a lot of people do sponsored videos. I'm very skeptical or like very careful about like sponsored videos because I just feel like you lose the genuineness. So yeah. the only sponsored videos I've ever done is for products that I'm already using, like a design tool. I'm like, right. yeah, I already use that, and I already I've made like ten videos about that. You want to pay me? Okay, that's fine because I'm still keeping like staying transparent and genuine about it. But then there have been a few people who have seen my YouTube channel looking something up about web design or UI design and said like, Hey, we'd like to work with you. Or I get a lot more like consultant type yeah. gigs from it. I'm like, Hey, can you come look at what we've done or somebody did for us and, you know, give us feedback and correction kind of stuff. So yeah, it's more about like building trust, I think. And that quote unquote, like expertise, but yeah. more than anything, just trust and genuineness. And you've got the courses that you're working on this year. So that'll be a great way to advertise those, I imagine. Yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely releasing like, well, I have a course that I was paid by a company to put out. So it's kind of like a basics of product design course. Oh, cool. So that's not really my course, but that is a course that I did that's coming out probably in the next month or so. And then I'm hoping to roll out another like two of my own. And yeah, definitely it's an avenue to like promote them and market them. But for me, it's really more a thing like I sent out like forms and like things that people could fill out. Hey, what do you want to learn? What do you want to know? Because mm. my whole channel is built around being helpful to people who were just like me 12 years ago when I started in the industry and That's had huge. no idea where to go. So like I want to, I'm putting out, I think a course on like the basics of design and another one on like soft skills and character for people in the creative industry. Mm. Because I think like, I think those things matter. That is huge. I am a diehard soft skills like proponent of you got to get that on point. And it is a muscle and it's something you got to practice. You're not going to wake up and suddenly be amazing at soft skills. But at this point, to me at least, as designers, that's got to be there. That's table sticks. You know, that's all huge. the other stuff is what people are really at the end of the day hiring for. Right. Right. I think there is a million dribble shots that are better than mine. There's so like I know and, and love and have friends that are designers that will just design circles around me. And it's like the competition's too great now for you to suck at writing an email, in my opinion. Yeah. It's just, yeah, <laughs> it's like, but it's something that I feel like isn't taught as much. It's not talked about as much. Yeah. Like, here's how to like talk to clients. Like, here's how to let's go back to basics. Like your grandfather taught you, like, here's how to shake a hand and look somebody in the eye yeah. and give them a genuine quote and not BS them and not tell them lies or like build yourself up to be something you're not like old school, 1950s character traits of being just a nice non crappy person goes a huge way in the industry. Huge. And I, I think it's something that's missing. So it's something I'm passionate about. We just jumped into some stuff and it was like just free flow yeah, we did. getting into it. So let me back up a tad. You were in stunning, okay. reflective, sandy, mountainous Hawaii. And then you uprooted, <laughs> you uprooted your family, went to Texas. You built a work office shed in the back. That's amazing. <laughs> 
But right around the holidays, 2019, you lost your job. And I watched the video on it. And it's like, obviously, there's a gut punch there. And it sucks. But you remained positive. At least what we saw, right? Yeah. So how is that going right now? Are you still positive about it? Are there times where it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do? What do you got going on? Yeah. So I worked for a startup for three years. Um, The last year and a half of it was remote. So they allowed me to relocate to Texas. And startups are not a guarantee, right? I knew that going into it. And they just couldn't afford to keep me on anymore, me and a couple other people. So there's some let offs, as they say. And it happened literally, totally like it happened the Friday on a Friday. And on Monday, I had a scheduled to take my my wife and my two kids to Disneyland on their oh. first ever, like our first ever family vacation. <laughs> so thank the Lord, it was our already prepaid. So we'd already paid for it. Right. So it was like, let's go to Disney right after daddy got fired. So that was super great. <laughs> um, and I was, I'm pretty positive about it. I'm a pretty positive dude. You know, like I'm pretty big, like I'm a person of faith. Like I get a pretty big faith yeah. in God and just know that he's going to like take care of me. And he did. Like I had literally, I was on a friend's podcast, uh, the Dadpreneur podcast. Oh yeah, Mario, um, right? Yeah, I was on Mario's podcast literally the hour after I oh, got let go. No, that was awesome. So I was like, hey, new newsflash in being a dadpreneur, I officially just went freelance because I got let go. So that was super fun. But I also had uh, a couple projects in my freelance pipeline. That's good. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with that that speaks a lot about just like soft skills relationship building and two of them came from people that i met online and became friends with like on twitter and just like started facilitating like a legit friendship with them and they were like hey i have a project that would be perfect for you do you want it i was like i could kind of use it because i'm unemployed so let's do it so (laughs) it worked out really well yeah so like we're we're provided for and i got to pour in and like do Kind of had like a little runway for like a month and a half or two to do some other stuff that I wanted to. So, and just explore some other stuff. So yeah, it's been good. It's been really good. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't want to lie. There was definitely some moments laying in bed on like, you know, like at Disneyland, like, oh gosh, should we have ordered that churro? Like, babe, I just bought a churro and I don't have a job. And like, what am I doing? (laughs) You know, but and there were some other moments where like, uh, just to be transparent, I was just like, oh man, like I'm stressed. Like, am I going to make it? Like I haven't freelanced for a couple of years. Like, yeah. dude, do I need to start like applying to other jobs? And then to boot, like three weeks later, my wife, she worked for a photography company. She's a really talented photographer. And she felt like the Lord was leading her to quit her job too. So there we were, a bunch of Oscar the Grouch unemployed <laughs> dorks. <laughs> like... <laughs> and uh it's all been good it's all been awesome that is um wow what a year you had (laughs) gosh well listen having followed you for quite some time on youtube and then obviously instagram seeing the content seeing your passion you know one day you're going to be swimming in a bed of churros you'll have so (laughs) many churros around now i do like churros (laughs) and you'll just think I could buy so many, I'll give them out for free. Now, you had a video on your 2020 goals. So some of them mm-hmm. were things like being laser focused, having balance, physical and spiritual wellness. You know, it's a list mm-hmm. that I imagine a lot of people have. However, you really, 
it's really important to you, I can tell. So can you speak to that and about the importance of those things and, and why that is the case? Sure. Yeah, they're super important to me because I'm in the past, I've been a habitual breaker of goals, a horrific at consistency and bad at routine. So I like, I have to read books about how to set goals and break those goals into smaller goals. I have to read books about how to form habits. I have to ask people to hold me accountable to accomplishing things. And so those things are really important to me. I set resolutions, not necessarily because I think it'll be like a fun, awesome thing. And I want to try something new. Mm. I have no problem trying fun, new things. I'm that guy. Like, like, Hey, let's try stuff out. I have a problem staying the course for the long haul on things. I think it's not just me. I think a lot of people probably have that. Yeah. So um, when I say like, Hey, this is what I want to focus on. It's because I'm really bad at staying balanced. So I'm like, I'm trying to put things into place to stay balanced, to stay healthy, to stay focused. Cause I like just, I'm like a squirrel. Like, you know, just, I see something and I just go, I just like down the path I go. So that video was like, probably should have been titled confessions of failure, not 2020 goals. Mm. Like you could look at it that way, probably a little bit more honestly. So in your life, this idea of balance, you know, obviously the procrastination, I'm very guilty of this, not following through, you know, we're great from getting to A to B and we're all in and then B to Z, we're like, uh. so, but aside from that, were there ever times where this lack of balance manifested itself in other ways in your life? Yeah. The reason that I talk about it, I'm honest about it now is because there's been so many times. I love critique and I love self-assessment. So this comes from a lot of self-assessment. So specifically speaking, there have been times where I did uh, ministry in my church like for years, volunteered with like junior high and high school students. And I just loved it so much. Like, I just love being there and like teaching and like, you know, hanging out and being an influence to them. Um, but I was also working full time, going to school full time. And my wife and I were like having our first and then second child. And it was like, I was putting in like hundred hour weeks doing all this stuff outside the home. Mm. And, you know, my wife said, ministry is your mistress. You're cheating on me with that. And your family needs you. I had no concept of balance. I went, oh, I get to go do all the things that I want to do and not say, oh, that's right. I've been given this blessing of a family and a wife and children. Yeah. And I get to, I have the honor and the privilege to lead them and love them and cherish them. I'm not doing that so well. And so I've also personally like burned out, like just done way too much. And my wife and I have both done that to ourselves. One of the reasons we moved away from Hawaii was because both of us were working two to three jobs and we're like ships passing the night. And we went, you know what? I think we're supposed to live simpler. I think we're supposed to slow down and not be so stressed because Hawaii was so expensive. So we made that choice to live simpler and live healthier because I've just burned myself out. And it's because I didn't know how to say no. And I'm a people pleaser mm. by my very nature. I love making people happy. I love offering people value. If it was my choice, I'd release a YouTube video every single day. And each one of those YouTube videos would take six and a half hours to make. And they would just be nonstop because I love right. making people happy. But I have to learn how to say, instead of saying I can do this and this and this and this, I have to say I can do that or I can do that or I can do that. And right. so I have to be more careful with my time now. Sorry, did that answer your question? I rambled. Oh, really, really well. <laughs> that is so interesting to me, kind of going through similar things with this. And 
we are going to be downsizing our house and living a simpler life as well, staying here in Texas. But I bet that was an interesting internal struggle. You know, ministry as a mistress, you know, here you are. It's presumably it's like this thing that is all positive, And yet, because of how it was distracting or taking away from your focus and time on your family, it wasn't. Yeah. What's funny is like, I was a full-time pastor for a couple of years after that, like, and a, like very like devout, like believer, like Christian. And yeah. I was acting very unbiblical. Like the, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the Bible says like your wife and your kids are your first ministry. And I was like, but mm-hmm. over here, I have this other thing that I do that's considered ministry. There's ways that you can do good things in an unhealthy and bad way. Mm-hmm. And that's a great example. Like there's a way that you can hustle that's good and it equates to hard work. And then there's a way where Gary Vee's trying to kill you and <laughs> did it, like dig you into an early grave. And I love him. I think he's fantastic. I use him yeah. for a kick in the pants when I need him, but he's trying to kill me sometimes. And it's not right. <laughs> You know, I feel the same way. I love him and I hate him. I'm really listening to you right now. And I'm taking notes here because I have a full-time job and I have the podcast and I'm creating a course and I'm doing talks around the US and I've got a wife and kids that are 11 months apart. They're three and two years old. So this focus, Mm -hmm. the balance is so important to maintain. And the minute it starts kind of, because let me be honest, the growth of the podcast has been insane. The Instagram, the podcast, doing the talks. Yeah. It's something that has shocked me to my core. And I'm having a hard time being proud of it because right mm-hmm. now there's lack of balance. And it's like every day I'm with my wife, every week I'm like, I don't know, I'm just going to shut it down. I'm just going to turn it off. I'm right. not going to get behind the mic again. And then I'll get an email or I'll get some review or a guest says yes, that was like, oh my goodness, they were on my bucket list. Something happens and it goes, okay, like keep doing it. Right. So, right. And I think there's, again, like that's, it's always about, that's why they call it work-life balance, right? It's like walking a balancing beam mm. and you can't tip too far to one side or the other. And nobody ever has it fully down. Olympic grade athletes fall off balancing beams. Yeah. So like, I always would say like, I'm going to have grace with myself, but be realistic with myself at the same time, because there are times where I bit off more than I can chew and I have to swallow like the hard pill that is, I have to shut it down or it's, this is good. And this is right. When I started the YouTube channel, I came to my wife and I said like, Hey, I think I want to do this. And I really need you to partner in it with me. Mm. She said, okay, I'll hold you accountable. She said, and I'll encourage you. And she was the one like, you know, some of my early videos I recorded in this office that I was working at. And for like four months, we're on the top floor and there's construction on the roof for four months. So every morning when I would go in to shoot a video, it would be jackhammering on the ceiling and I just couldn't get anything done. And I would freak out and I'm like, I can't do it. I just have to not do it. And she'd be like, that's not an excuse. Just go outside and do it. I'm like, but then it won't be pretty. And then I won't have, she's like, it doesn't matter. Just make something, put it out. And so it's always a balance, right? But like she helped me balance. I needed her help uh, Mm. to to balance me in it and to keep me in the middle, not too far to one side or the other. Because just like you, I'd get a cool email from a brand or from somebody saying like, hey, I want you to feature this. I'm like, that's huge. I'm like, I want to do it. And my wife would go, do you have time? 
with the normal stuff or are you yeah. going to sacrifice other things for this? So it's, it's that constant balance. It's important to have that partner. You know, we're very fortunate and blessed to be married to what sounds like great partners. But for those that aren't, you know, yeah. find a friend, find a mentor, even if it's someone that you work with, you know, take them to coffee and just open up. I think it's really important. Now, we kind of got heavy, didn't we? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Me too, man. Okay, so. Tony, I feel like I should pay you for counseling after, this, after we're done with this. This is nice. I feel refreshed. I did a Q&A. It's funny you say that. I did a Q&A after a talk once, and it ran on a long time. And it was like, okay, let's wrap this up. But afterward, they were like, I think that was more like a therapy session than it was a Q&A. <laughs> like, hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> let's do it. Whatever uh, works. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I usually wrap these up with a question that I ask every guest, which I'm going to get to that. But I have okay. one other question I want to ask you that I just thought of when I was doing my research last night. So you're a guy that is tatted up. You got all the tattoos. And I thought to myself, I've got some tattoos, but not like you do. You've got a bunch. How many do you have, you think? Um, I mean, I'm pretty covered. Like my chest, stomach, back. I have one on the side of my head. Hundreds. Arms, legs. Everything's pretty much covered. Hundreds, right? Yeah. I mean, my face, my throat, my... Yeah, hundreds. I'd say hundreds. Yeah. Okay. So here's the question. You go to bed tonight. Uh -huh. You wake up in the morning and they're all gone forever except one tattoo. What tattoo... Mm -hmm is the one that stays on your body forever if all others disappear and you can't get them back? That's, man, that's a hard question. That's one of those questions that people ask people with tattoos and people with tattoos are never ready to answer. <laughs> um, I have, I'm going to cheat and say that it's technically two tattoos, but I have on my wrist um, and up above that onto my forearm, I have a picture of Jesus or like a portrait of like Jesus. And then underneath that is the word integrity. And to me, those things go together. It's was supposed to be linked with my hands. Like the things that I do, the work of my hands, the, the actions that I take in life are to be integrous. And they're not to be my own version of integrity, but they're to be his version of integrity. And so it's a constant anchor that brings me back. It's a, it's a lighthouse in all storms that says, you're over here, but you're supposed to be over there. Mm. And so that's, that would be for me, the, the one that I would want to stay. That is really interesting. You know, thank you for sharing so candidly this whole episode about all of yeah. your feelings and loves and all of this. But we're going to wrap it up yeah, with one absolutely. question here. The Sounds question good. I ask every guest, which is okay. what non-digital object or thing that you own or possess means the most to you or has impacted your life the most and why? Hmm. Non-digital. Yeah. I'm looking around now because that's like such a hard question. <laughs> I usually, the big pause that every guest has. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Okay. I actually would say uh, I have a guitar mounted on my wall back over there. And it's not the guitar that I've had for years. It's not a special guitar. It's not an expensive guitar. But just having a guitar mounted there represents, it's always been a part of me. Music has always been a part of me. It's been part of my ups, my downs. It's what I thought I was going to do for a career for a while. I've played in front of, you know, like large crowds and I've busked on the corner for like quarters. Mm -hmm. So it's followed me throughout. And there's probably things that represent me more, but for some reason that would be like the thing that jumps out. It's not even necessarily the music. It's more like a totem 
of like my experiences like throughout my, my life so far. That is really interesting. How cool is that? Before we started recording, we talked about you were in a really cool punk band back in the yeah. days of Aloha. Jesse, listen, I hope we can do this again. I also hope we can meet in person one day, especially that you're a native Texan, not native Texan, especially that you're now a Texan. And thank you so much for being on. I know we didn't really listen, everybody that's that's listening. We didn't talk a whole lot about design and there's heavy right. quotes around that right now. Uh-huh. But I think this Maybe is okay. of, yeah, it's like this is the type of stuff that's like everybody can kind of talk about design all the time. But you get down to stuff like balance and you get down to stuff like focus and it's stuff that impacts our lives every day as designers. Yeah. So why not talk about it? Anyway, thank yeah. you, brother. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. That will do it for this week, friends. Thank you again to my guest, and thank you again to all of you tuning in. I can't tell you how valuable you are to me. I would also like to give a really special shout out to all of the new patrons of the show, including, of course, my new executive producer, Brian Sullivan. Now, if you're wondering how you might best support the show, head over to patreon.com slash xd podcast that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash xd podcast i also have a link in the show notes and check out all the perks of becoming a patron of the show here and listen if patreon doesn't float your boat if it's not your thing i get it but a subscribe or a view or share it's always just as meaningful as something like patreon to me it really is so impactful. So with that, I can't wait to have you back next week. But until then, friends, stay curious. Experience Design is part of XD Media, LLC. All opinions are my own and do not reflect those of my current or former employers. <laughs>